good morning. Hey, if you're new, um, I'm Charlie, the lead pastor here. Man, we're really glad you're here. We're wrapping up this series uh, called Response. We've been kind of been talking about really kind of our worship service as a whole and really kind of what's the proper way to kind of respond at the end and kind of what's happening. We talked, kicked it off a couple weeks ago, and we were just talking about this idea that really we should come here with the anticipation that God is going to speak in some way. That God is going to, to to move in your life, and we shouldn't let that just be ordinary, but that's actually extraordinary. We need to prepare for it, and at some point during the worship, during the message, God's going to lay something on your heart, some some change He's wanting to make, and so then that happens, and so then we need to respond in some way. We talked about the need just kind of to meditate and reflect and to worship, and and then Mark last week comes back. He's talking about um, talking about communion. And kind of this, this this powerful moment that we have to kind of reflect and remember and, and celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. And so this is we always have it available at the end of the, at the end of the service for people um, as we um, uh, you know as we finish up worship. And so we're closing it out today. We're going to talk we're going to talk a little bit about we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. And anytime anytime I talk about prayer, there's this thing that comes to mind. I try to talk about it every time here because. I want you. I don't want you to think that I only have one thing to say about prayer, but there, there's this illustration that I have that I really like. And so there's new people, and I think it's been a couple of years since I've since I've used it. Um, and it has to do with with getting Sonic drinks for my kids, right? Um, and and this week I actually was able to illustrate this a lot because it's kind of a, a crazy week. Um, uh, and I ended up picking up Layla, our first grader, from school three times this week. It was a crazy week because, first of all, we, we, we just got back on Monday, um, late Monday night from a cruise. And so we're all still a little bit, you know, have you ever been on a cruise and you come back and you're like, like the boat's still rocking, but you ain't on the boat no more? Okay, anyway, so a little bit of that, a little, little bit of tired. And so it's kind of a crazy week trying try to get back. And then something happened, middle of this week, I'm going to take a time. I'm a dad. I can do this if I want to. Um, our daughter, our middle daughter, Lauren, who's a senior at FHS, was uh, elected, nominated, appointed, voted as the Colors Day queen for, um, for all of FHS, which is really awesome. And, um, and so as such, there's all sorts of things, once you become royalty, that have to happen. And uh, she and her mom and her sisters have been doing that. So Layla and I have been hanging out a lot, and so I've been picking her up from school. And anyway, so we, so, you know, so, so anyway, so I've been, we've been going to Sonic, right? And so the way that I've talked about this, and this is kind of the connection between me getting Sonic drinks for my kids and, and prayer, because, you know, I, I pick up the school and say, I mean, the question is, are we going to go get Sonic drinks? And so there's kind of two things we need to think about. Does Layla ask? Does she not ask? Am I planning on doing it anyway, or am I not planning on doing it? Okay, so you can imagine there's kind of these four quadrants. So on the one hand, there's the one where I'm planning on going to Sonic anyway, and she asks. So what, what do you think happens? Do we go to Sonic or not? Yeah, of course we do. Dad, we should go to Sonic. You're right, we totally should. And so boom, 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 we go to Sonic, right? That was the first day. The second day, I really wasn't feeling it. I was really wanting to get home, and so... Uh, we got in the car. She didn't ask if we should go to Sonic or not. And I wasn't planning on going to Sonic. Should we go to Sonic? Yeah. Okay. Day three, I was 
thinking we need some Sonic. And she didn't ask. Did we go to Sonic? Oh, yeah, we did. Right? And, and so, so, yeah, so it's time to think about this about prayer. We may be thinking sometimes, like, maybe does prayer really make a difference? Like, I pray, maybe God was just going to do this anyway. So we have that category. God was planning on doing something really cool for me. I asked him to do the cool thing for me, and he did it. It doesn't really matter whether or not God was planning on doing it. It's just really cool. The, God did the cool thing. And then there's sometimes in your life where something really good doesn't happen, but you didn't even pray about it. And so you can't really, you really shouldn't, shouldn't blame God about it. And then there are sometimes you don't pray about it, and God does the great thing in your life anyway. It says he's going to do it. Right? But then there's a fourth category. We only picked her up three times, and we never really had this one. The fourth category is I'm not necessarily planning on it. And she asked, Dad, can we go to Sonic today? Do we or do we not go to Sonic that day? I don't know. Depends, right? Depends on a lot of factors, some of which are knowable to her, some of which are unknowable to her. And so I think it's important for us as we start thinking about prayer, that sometimes I think we get caught up on the wrong things and we try to overanalyze things. And, and we don't, we, we're not able to just kind of put all this in, in, in kind of in its proper category. Because I think, it, I, think, I think, again, our little sonic grid here is helpful. Because I would like to ask you, just kind, of, just kind of in some personal reflection time right now, to ask yourself, what percentage of your life falls into the category of you didn't ask for the sonic unit, but God gives it anyway? Where blessings and awesome things happen to you that you did not pray for. How much of your life is that? I don't know, anyway. How about every breath of your life? How about just living in relationship with God and, and, and just the general blessings of friendship and family and provision? These, these things we don't know, are not always praying about. And really, we should think of ourselves as living in the God gives me good things whether I ask or not category. And if, and if we believe that, then, then our perception about everything else, um, it, it will change. And we'll recognize, really, my life is full of God's blessings. And so then when I end up in the category where I ask for something and maybe God doesn't, doesn't deliver it in the way that I think that he should, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't let that get me to a bad place because I'm, I, I just live every moment of my day recognizing that I live with a very, very generous God. So you imagine the fourth hypothetical. Dad, can we go to Sonic today? And I say, no, we can't go to Sonic today. And she can react one of two ways, right? She can react, you know, she can get really upset. Well, that shows that she doesn't recognize how much Sonic that kid gets, right? And how much, and just other things. But, but again, I love my kids, and they're awesome. And it is very rare in those circumstances where I get anything other than, a, okay, Dad. Because they live and they know that they are blessed. And so that's the kind of attitude that we need to have as we're kind of wrestling and processing with prayer. And then even still, even still, um, 
told me to keep it. He is not overthinking. He says, well, I mean, you think, well, I prayed, God, maybe he's going to do it anyway. Just pray. See what God does. And just enjoy and trust what he does. All right? So that is a very long intro and a really weird sonic illustration. But let's go to our passage that, that talks about prayer here in James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. James 5, 13 to 18. Verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. So James is a little bit all over the map there. I mean, it's really not just kind of like one cohesive point that he's making. But he's obviously talking about prayer, and he has a lot to say about it. A lot to say about prayer and praying for other people and the effectiveness of prayer. And he ends it with this illustration about Elijah, who is kind of considered this, this, this legend, kind of one of the top five legends of the Old Testament. And James kind of makes it clear, now you understand, you know, he's kind of a legend, but really he was just a dude. And this dude, he prayed, and rain stopped. He prayed, and rain started again. And so he's just kind of building this case, and again, he's kind of putting a lot of different things together. I'm going to try to put the pieces of this together a little bit. But really, I think his big picture point is a very simple one, which is this, is that prayer is effective. Prayer is effective. Prayer does what you say is going to do. You pray for something, it happens. Prayer works. It's effective. You pray for things, and the hand of God moves. That's just a principle that we need to live with. You just need to say, okay, that's what happens. Prayer works. It's effective. I pray, God moves. And so then this is where what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do being... uh, evangelical Christians in the Bible Belt, what we're supposed to do right now at this point is go, well, but here's what you need to know, and there's this category, and you need to understand this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and sometimes, you know, it just doesn't quite work, right? That's what we're supposed to do. Can we just not, at least just for a minute, and can we just hang out here for a little bit, and, and recognize that what God has promised all throughout Scripture is that prayers prayed in faith to a God that loves and trusts you will be heard and answered. And, and, and we need to believe that. I believe that my girls believe this. That if they ask dad with a good attitude and a grateful heart, no whining, no fussing, they're sweet, they've been good, 
I haven't been giving me or mom any lip. Dad can, they know that my heart is for safety. Sometimes dads just know. But what they know about their dad is that their dad has a heart for safety. And I think it is important for us, whatever it is that you think, that we live in a relationship with a God whose heart is for safety. Of, of course there's exceptions. Of, of course there are. But do you live the life where prayer doesn't really matter, God's going to do what he's going to do anyway. Prayer doesn't really matter because God's really not, uh, he doesn't really care that much. Or do you live with an attitude that says, I believe that the God of the universe hears me, loves me, and his heart is to subject me to him. And my guess is, is there's a lot of people in this room, we just need to adjust that a little bit. And there's other people in this room, we need to adjust that a lot of bit. And we need to get to a point to where we really believe in our heart that when I pray, the Lord's going to hear me. And I'm not one of those, oh, God's probably going to get angry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is that God blessed you. That's what matters. And that you have a God who is, again, you live in that quadrant where he is overwhelming you with blessings for things that you're not asking for. And, and Jesus was very clear. He said, sometimes you don't have things because you don't ask for them. And if you asked, you would, you would have. Now again, for a minute, I said, I said it was for a minute. Like for a minute, we were going to talk about tithing. That was two and a half minutes. I still think asking for ponies. Yeah, I'd have a pony. Have a million dollars? Yeah, I'd have a million dollars. Yeah, you were dumb enough to give it to me if I had it. I mean, there's lots of things that my kids would never ask me for because they know it's inconsistent with who I am and in, inconsistent with who I want them to be. So, I mean, there's, there's, we can, we can understand that. You can't ask God for anything. He's not your, he's not pull the string and make God do whatever you want him. You don't own him all of a sudden. He doesn't change his character, his values all of a sudden. Right? So there's that bit of it. And then there's just the reality. Sometimes God's got something else going on, and he's working some plan that you don't know about. And I pray for something, and the thing that I wanted to happen didn't happen when I wanted it to. Do I trust in a good God whose heart is with me? And here's the thing that I want to make sure that every person in this room understands. Going through some hard time, there's something that we wish God would do. We are putting it out there as a prayer. At a minimum, we're promising you this. That if you will pray and give something to God and, and, and trust Him with it, and I pray and I give it to Him, at a minimum, you will experience the release of anxiety. You will experience the overwhelming trust and peace that comes from God. At a minimum, you are moving it from one category to another. You're moving it from, I'm in charge of this, to God's in charge of this. And now I can trust 
that the God of the universe who loves me and whose heart is to save me, whose heart is to move on my behalf, has now taken control of this situation. I know for certain. It's not in that category. I don't know. I didn't ask, and I don't know what God's going to do. I have asked, and now I know for certain. God knows what I want. I have laid it out to him, and I know he's in control. He was in control before you prayed. Don't be confused about that. You prayed as a put-down to him. But now you know it. And that's why one of the most common things associated, common kind of blessings associated with prayer, are peace and the release of anxiety. At a minimum, that's what you get. But more often than not, what you are going to get is the hand of God in the middle of it. And powerful revelation. And you're going to have story after story after story after story. And, and, and it's really interesting, you know. And it, it, it's, it's really cool when you see people kind of get to the point. Sometimes people are like, man, you won't believe it. This person was sick, and I prayed for them, and they got better. And there's just kind of this, this shock that comes with it. And then it's, then it's just really cool when the change happens, when you just start to live and believe. Yeah, man, this person was sick, and we prayed for them, and God healed them, and they got better. Not that it's casual. Not that it's not a big deal all of a sudden. But we stop being surprised that God shows up in our lives. And I think the reality is, is that for most of us, it's not that our prayers are going unanswered all the time. It's the prayers are going unanswered by others. And um, test isn't the right word. You can test God. There's negative connotations of that in the Bible. forget. Man, I was like 12 or 13. It's like after church one day, the pastor was like, would it be okay, Charlie, if someday I called on you to pray? I was like, okay. And then I knew, man, I knew next service. It was going to be the next service. And so I'm working on it, right? I'm practicing. I'm practicing. I got to come up with my own slogan, right? I got I to have my own little, my own little shtick, right? I got to have my own thing. Because Prayer is complicated, right? It takes fancy words and fancy people who who know a 
fancy Bible words to be able to squeeze everybody, right? Ha, 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 you believe it. Right? You say, ha, 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 you want to, you believe it. You functionally believe it. God, I'm struggling here. Can you help a brother out? Amen. Does he hear that prayer? Yes, he does. You don't have to be complicated. You don't have to be theologically astute. It can be, dude, help a brother out, please. And you don't even have to finish it with amen. He'll know you're done. All these obstacles, all these obstacles that we have that keep us from a very simple principle, prayer is effective. Live it. And, and watch God show up. There's also another really cool point that he makes here in verse 13. He says this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Um, is something bad happening to you? You should totally talk to God about it. If things are good, you know what you should do. You should talk to God about it. Prayer is important in all seasons, all of them. It's important in all seasons. And again, we're talking about there's, you know, there's there's two categories of people and probably a third that we'll add. There's some people who have a hard time praying. Things are good. It's like, man, I don't, I, if things are good, you just kind of keep going. There's nothing, there's nothing to pray about. Things are good. Well, if things are good, we need to make sure that we're acknowledging the one who is good and the one for whom all good things flow from him. It's important in that season. But some of us are like, oh, man, things are good. I don't really think about praying. I pray when things get bad. But then there are some of us who are all church and praying and thanksgiving and stuff when things are good. And when things are bad, like God's not on my team anymore. And I get really mad at him and now I'm not praying. And then, of course, there's the third category of people who just aren't praying, right? But prayer is important in all of these seasons. It is important for you at a minimum to keep the relationship going. It's important in good times because you want to acknowledge and give credit and, 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 and build this relationship with the one who is blessing you. And it's important in hard times because it is important for you to remember that God has you. And it is important to make sure that you are taking the burdens that you have and you're not living with a burden that God does not intend for you to have. You're carrying it around with you on your own when God intended all along for you to give it to him so he could deal with it. And this attitude, whether it happens in good times, bad times, or for some of you both, this attitude of you've got it, well, things are good because I got this, I got this. Things are bad, and i got to take charge of this. i gotta, I got to make sure I fix this. You've got to be bringing God into that situation, and it just has to be a lot less I got this and a, and a lot more I, I, I give this. Man, life is good, God. I, I give you the praise. I'm, I'm struggling right now, God. I give you the burden. Are you building relationship? You're being overwhelmed by his peace, anxiety? 
see God show up in ways that you ask, in ways better than you ask, in ways differently than you ask. But God always shows up. Let's all stand up and pray. Build this discipline of being someone who's taking the things that are happening to you and immediately giving them back to God. Whether it's praise or burn, I'm giving it all back to you. See, prayer is effective. Prayer is important also. You need to go back to your cues. <coughs> Talked about the need for the elders to come and, and, and pray for you if you're sick. And then verse 16, it says, Therefore confess your sins to each other. And then it says this, And pray for each other so that you may be healed. So we'll end up on we'll end up with this is that having someone pray for you brings healing. Now he is talking in at least in part here about a physical healing from a physical ailment. And I do believe that that is incredibly important. It is incredibly important to when you're sick to get other people involved in praying. There's a very simple principle here that getting other people praying for you brings physical healing. But I would like to suggest, not in minimizing that or in discounting that or setting that aside, I want to suggest that what James is talking about here is a lot more than that. I had a cold, somebody prayed for me, I don't have the cold. That's awesome. But I'm saying that there is a deeper sense of healing that comes when you have people pray for you. Now, there's this thing that we do, and Mark mentioned it in the intro, and I'm going to mention it again, and I'm going to spend several minutes now talking about this. We have this at the end of every service. There are people here who get here before I do that are here praying over this entire building. And then there is always someone during the service who is praying for the entire service. And then there are people who, after the sermon, during the end, that are back there continuing to pray, and if you want it, would specifically pray for you if you don't. Now, I get us. I know who we are. I'm not confused. Some of you are new. I'm not new. I've been around a long time. And for some of us, that just seems weird. It's uncomfortable. Maybe it's because of the church you grew up in. In the church I grew up in, the pastor was available down front for prayer, but it was really kind of limited. It was really mostly for the fact that you, if you wanted to give your life to Jesus. It was it. It was a salvation thing, Right? And so I was like, I don't need to get saved, so I'm not going to go back there and, and pray. Some of us maybe grew up in a tradition where to go back during prayer was, was sin confession, right? And I, I don't know who's back there. I don't know if it matters if I know who's back there. I got sin to confess, but it ain't for them, right? That, that ain't what I'm doing today. I came to church for something, but let me just tell somebody I don't know what I did last night. That's not why I'm here today. I'm here to deal with the thing I did yesterday, but I ain't here to tell them about it, right? And so that's not what we're wanting to do either. 
if you wanted to do either of those things, it would be perfectly fine. It would be more than enough you to tell them about Matthew the Sermon on Salvation and Matthew the Instructions on Salvation. And they would very gladly hear your confession and pray for you so that you could be healed. They would, they would love to do that. They would love to do that. But really, you can go back there and just ask them anything. And just, and just ask them to pray for you. And I'm telling you, there is a power that James is talking about of healing and, 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 and emotion and just kind of connectedness to the Spirit, especially if you find yourself in a situation where you're not even sure where to begin with prayer. I'm so overwhelmed, I don't even know what I would say to God. And someone who is just emotionally, a little emotionally distant from you, but loves you, loves this church, and loves God, can come and pray for you. And I've said this before up here, and I'm just going to say it in the spotlight. If you've never helped someone with the gift of prayer, pray over them. You are missing out on, on a moment of healing and restoration and connection. I would just be doing you a huge disservice if I didn't hype this up for you and didn't keep pressuring you and pushing you to do that. If there is something awesome out there that you're not experiencing, and I will forget, I was at this church in South Carolina. The first time I saw a church that does it either. They had the communion set up. They had people to pray for you. They had all these different things that you could do. They had a cross where you could go pray. All these cool things. They're like, I like this. If I'm ever in charge of church, we're going to do this. And they were just praying. It's like, I didn't know anybody at this church in South Carolina. All these people were like, I'm just going to go have them people pray for me. I just got in a line. It was lines. It was lines. Like, mobilely, there's lines where I, I didn't know the names of lines. I introduced myself to them. It's like, man, I just sent this guy to this church in Arkansas. And uh, I, just, I, I, just, I just like to see God move. Great. And then this couple, they each put a hand on my shoulder, and they both prayed for me. And I was overwhelmingly encouraged. I didn't come in there with some burden. But they prayed over me, and I left feeling amazing. It was encouraging. And then there are people in our church right now, like this even happened today, Roger, who heads up this prayer team. He comes up to me, and he's like, everything going all right with you? really how to answer that, especially with a prayer person. Well, God woke me up twice last night to pray for you. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a bit of an empty cliche. Especially on Sunday night, it happened. This happened every Sunday morning. It happens enough. There's just not a whole lot of people. Imagine you're the pastor of a church, right? You're the pastor of a church. And, and you wake up that morning, maybe you're just not feeling it. That never happens to me. But imagine it a little bit. And you have people that you trust. And it's like, man, I, I'm just not feeling well. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling discouraged. Can you pray for me? And I know at least people are praying for me. Nineteen-year-old boy in our church has committed suicide, and um, 
a whole lot of exposition of how that machine really does exploit those weaknesses. And, you know, 48 hours or so later, after that, you know, you cool him and it's just family, just dealing with all sorts of things, you know, all emotion and, and stress and just trying to love and serve the church well. And, I mean, it was just, it was just, it was a, it was a very long, hard road. And then finally, I think this happened on Monday. And so we're in church that Sunday, we're just kind of reflecting on it as a church, and we've got extra prayer team people there that day, because, man, if you need prayer, they're going to be, they're going to be right here, and we close it out, and we sat down for a second, and, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, there's this guy, he's maybe like 70 years old, and uh, he was about 6'4", 350, and he's just a big old man. And, and I, wa- I, wa- I walked up to him, him and his wife. say anything. I don't know that I needed to say anything. I just walked up to them, put my arms around them, and sobbed uncontrollably for three minutes. Said, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Furthermore, I should be handing them off to the people in my life who would love to serve the church. And so I encourage you right now. We're going to worship. We're going to continue on here with our worship service. I would encourage you at a very minimum to really take the things, whether they're good or bad or both, and give them the care of God. And I would encourage you, whether you come here with a burden or no burden at all, I would encourage you to find one of the people in the back and just ask them to pray for you about one thing, and just see see if I'm right in telling you how incredible it is to have someone with the gift of prayer to pray with you. Because I'm telling you, there, there is a gap between where our lives are and what they could be. And I believe that gap, let's just pray. that we're not left here just trying to figure it out on our own, God. I, I thank you that, that the burdens in my, my, my life aren't left up to me. God, I'm thankful that the good times in my life, God, ma- maintain and sustain those on us. But then, God, I'm just glad it's not up to me. And that, God, that you have left us this powerful tool of real connection that moves your heart and your hand. And so, God, I pray that we would use it in our own personal lives. And then God, just whatever fears that we have, that keeps us from really allowing other people in to pray with us and for us, God, I pray you would fill them.